The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Get ready for your spring sci-fi celebrations, including First Contact Day and May the 4th with Toink exclusives that are out of this world. Use code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off of your order. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is, I don't know what to call ourselves now, Derek, since we're changing the name from Dash and Duo. We could, we could say Dash and Duo tonight. Uh, well, we got nothing else. So. Yeah. A reference to The Incredibles? I never thought about that. It is now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Derek, as you heard, there's a voice on with us, and there's actually going to be a second voice along with that. Uh, we have stars from the upcoming show on Tubi, which we've talked about Tubi quite a bit in the past. Um, it's an upcoming show called Barbie Rehab, and that's B-A-R-B-E-E Rehab, and it debuts next Thursday, May 6th. Friday. Or next Friday. Friday. Wow. I know it's Friday because it's also my anniversary. Of what? Marriage, I hope? Uh, yep, 21 years. Wow, oh, congrats. Congratulations. So you and Nancy could watch Barbie Rehab on, on Tubi for your anniversary. There you go. And after that expensive dinner at McDonald's. <laughs> uh, we're going to upgrade. Excuse me. To, to Wendy's, you said? Yeah, okay. it's a special occasion. <laughs> um, like I said, uh, we have Vanessa and Derek from Barbie Rehab. Uh, Vanessa plays Midge, and Derek is Cop Ken. And we're going to dive into what Barbie Rehab is, how it came about, and why I almost said rebarb, <laughs> which is not what I want to do. So, um, how did the project Barbie Rehab come about? Well, I, I had finished um, a little series on YouTube called Can't Let It Go because I um, used to model and work for Hawaiian Tropic for 20, 15 years. 
and that ended. So me and my friends, it was a, a series about um, swimsuit models that just couldn't let the dream die. And so we have patents in my backyard. And then uh, I was trying to think of the next thing. And I had like over 100 Barbies that I didn't know what to do with. They're all supposed to be collectors. But when eBay took hold, it's they're worth like nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> So what am I mm. supposed to do with all these Barbies? Um, I don't want to give them away. Spent you know thousands of dollars on them. So I had an idea for rehab. Originally, it was just you know people rehab, like collector nuts that collect Barbies like me. And then for some reason, I thought, well, Barbies would have addictions too, and if then they mix together, they could be in rehab. And I always loved celebrity rehab. So the show is based on you know how celebrity rehab kind of was and the look. Right. So, uh, yeah, I wrote a little bit and we shot a little bit with um, our friends and then Derek came on board and changed everything up to what it is now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, a 40 year old man doesn't need to know anything about Barbie, quite frankly, (laughs) but I know more about Barbie than probably any man should. It's it's been painstaking and interesting, let's just say that. Boy, if you guys come to the right place. <laughs> yeah, we Vanessa don't. was just pointing out your collectibles in the yeah. background, Derek. Do you do DC at yeah, all? Yeah, right there. That's my Transformers collection. I knew it was true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my son had a show on YouTube, DC Kids. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a big DC nut. Batman. Uh, Very horrible. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we uh, we knew each other from acting class, and uh, she asked me to do a cameo on, on one of the first uh, early like shoot days. She was you know having fun with it or whatever, and I came over and I checked it out, and then uh, I ended up not working that day. I ended up just helping out, actually, and, and sitting around quite a bit waiting, and um, she apologized profusely at the end of the day, and I was like, don't worry about it. I'll come back, you know, I'll come back whenever you need me. So she said, I can go back tomorrow. It was a Saturday. This is now a Sunday. So I said, yeah, sure. So I show up. We shoot like a cameo of my cop can role or whatever. And um, anyway, at the end of the day, she pulls me aside and she's like, hey, you know, what did you think of the production? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, it depends. Do you want to be friends or do you not want to be friends? And she's like, no, really? Like, what do you think? And I said, let's just let's just stay friends. And I'll say everything's great. And, uh, <laughs> a week went by. She saw me in class. She pulled me aside again. She's like, no, really? I want to know, like, what you would change or whatever. And I was like, you don't. Like, I'm a perfectionist. And, I, I, you know, you don't want me getting involved, you know? And she's like, no, I really do. I think, you know, I think it'd be cool to collaborate, whatever. So we agreed that we would remain friends regardless of what I brought to the table. And next thing you know, it just spiraled into this huge huge sensation, you know, and, um, you know, it's an indie project. A lot of people that almost actually everyone we cast except for one actor out of 60, 53 characters. Wow. Let's say, I think it's in the sixties, but we'll argue anyway, like 50 something. We only cast one actor, actress, one actress. Um, cause we needed somebody last minute, everybody else we wrote for their characters. Mm-hmm. And it's funny from the day that we shot stuff and this is a five year baby. So this is like five years from concept to, uh, deliverables and, and it coming out and all that. Um, we constantly throughout the process, uh, I taught myself how to edit and, um, it turns out I, I have a, 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 it's a, it's a skill set for me. I think it's an art form. I'm pretty good at it, especially with the fast editing and now with the millennials and people with ADD and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I mean, I love slow burns. Don't get me wrong. Like I love Ozarks, but like they're dragging the shit out of it. They're dragging <laughs> the shit out. And I'm like, I would rather watch seven hard hitting fast furious episodes then 14 slow burns once in a while okay i get it but like right. it seems more and more with these series that they're doing these slow burns and i know some people really enjoy it but i don't have that much time to waste i got so many other things to do i'd rather see you know seven hours versus 14 hours and really enjoy every second of it instead of like waiting 
So we came with that mentality with this series. Like we know that millennials are used to instant gratification and, you know, the more technology speeds up, the more people, you know, are used to this, this, this. So we kind of went with that train wreck concept of bump, 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 bump with editing. And she was a little against it at first. And I was like, just trust me, like it's going to work. And it really works with the slapstick comedy and, and uh, the parodies that we do and the character development. But my earlier point was we still, to this day, five years later, we'll watch an episode. Now we've watched these hundreds of thousands, times thousands. through color correcting, uh, you know, uh, uh, recuts, recuts, cutting it as this kind of whatever, whatever, whatever. If anybody's tired of watching this thing, it should be us. And we still laugh and we'll sit and we'll go, damn, you know, we wrote such a good thing for Close Collector. Holy shit. He's got a better character than me or better character than her. <laughs> and people talk about it in Hollywood, you know, if, if you're not working, then create your own content. You have to now, really do. You can't, especially for women. You know, I knew I had to produce my own stuff. Uh, I came out here when I was 20, left to work for Wine Drop, I came back, and I knew that I couldn't just sit around the phone and waiting for the call, even with an agent. So that's why I wrote and start producing my own stuff. I mean, it's still in Hollywood. For every 10 roles, eight of them goes to a man. I mean, there's eight roles for men. So I knew I had to create my own stuff. And with um, with everything people have today, with the phones, you could do anything on your phone, video. People have made movies on them, obviously. I don't know why more people aren't doing stuff. And it seems to be this with or without the phones. It's the same go-getters that were 20 years ago that are today, but they're just taking care, taking advantage of what they have now. So you really just have to, you have to plug along and you have to do something every day. Uh, You were talking about casting. Who was the one person you had to cast? There's a wife. There's a wife of Ken Collector that makes an appearance in what episode? I can't remember what episode it is, but she's literally like in the car, <laughs> dropping Ken Collector off at Barbie Rehab, like as an ultimatum. His kids are in the back seat. It's funny as hell. Um, and the gal who played it, she was great. She she came and she knocked. She knocked I had her come out on the, the wrong day. Yeah, she came on the wrong day, and Vanessa's like, "Can you can you go talk to her? And apologize. We're in the middle of shooting." And she's like, "Can you go, please?" I don't know who this woman is because I never met her and I didn't, I didn't, you know, communicate with her during the casting process or whatever. So Vanessa, we're, you know, we're used to wearing 10 hats during a production and we're in the middle of shooting and something ran over the scene, something and uh, or she scheduled on the wrong day by accident, whatever it was. And she felt terrible. But I was like, no, I'll go deal with her. So I went outside and I introduced myself and I said, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry. I know this is you know inconvenient, but you know, we would so appreciate it if you would come back, you know, tomorrow, is that in a couple hours or whatever it was. This wow. is, yeah. The next day we did it the next day. We had a long shoot weekend and she came back. She was very gracious, very cool. She shot it. She did a great job. Kicked, uh, hit it up, you know, hit it out of, out of the park. It was perfect. But the point was again, you know, 99 point whatever percent of the characters were all people that we knew. So they're either from our acting class. They're from models from when I did Hawaiian Tropic. Some are my neighbors. Yeah. Some are all their actor friends I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, our neighbors uh, have been really awesome. We've, you know, we shot on the roof and we've shot at neighbors' houses. And we've used them as actors. So. And the thing is, we would have cast for all the parts if we needed to. <laughs> we kind of, in the writing, writing the story and the storylines for each character, we already had someone in mind prior to, you know, to doing it. So we didn't have to do the casting, which was great. We're looking forward to season two. Uh, we're hoping somebody picks it up so we don't have to continue to self-fund this and all that. Um, although we may still, we'll, we'll see, you know, what the what the universe brings. But um, it would be cool to actually, because we enjoy casting, you know, as actors, we like going in and doing, I miss the live auditions. I always love going in and booking a room. I mean, not the role, but the room. Like you left there and then they will remember you based on your your work and your, right. you know, what you bring forward or whatever. So I, I enjoy working with actors and that's why I enjoy directing it. You know, there's so many different characters in this thing and everybody brings a different flavor to it. And, 
you know, uh, like, like teaching anything, everybody learns a different way. You know, some people are very visual, some people are very audio, some people like a mix of it. Some people, you know, have to be handled certain, certain ways, whatever. So it's been a, a, a huge process for she and I both as uh, director and assistant director, you know, figuring out human beings too, you know, like really to get them to give us the best performance that we can get from them. I was going to say, you know, when um, the folks over at October Coast, who they've been great to us over the years, uh, okay. when they sent us links to, to the show so we could be prepped for, for tonight. Um, and of course, right off the bat, Tom Sizemore. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then I went and checked the, the IMDb and it's like, Bailing? Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and Janice Dickinson. Yeah, so, so now you're saying it was no big deal getting them. They were available oh, no. for you guys right off the start. No, we, no, it we had to, it was a process. We had to do some work, but you know, luckily they really liked the scripts that we had sent. Well, them. I, I had written four times. Again, and they then, really liked the scripts that yeah. we had written for them. And Tom actually got by Ling and Janice. They're uh, all oh. really good friends. Oh, and nice. so it was fun to write for all of them. Okay. And by the way, Ling is one of the most committed and, 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 and her work ethic is just like crazy. Like she is such a serious actress. Like people think, Oh no, she just, you know, she shows up and she does crazy things or whatever. And she's, she's, it's not like she's, she pulled me aside on her first shoot day. And actually we had a couple of meetings prior to that. We met for coffee and, and we talked about story and the whole version of, of the series. And, and I wanted to make sure she was involved as much as she wanted to be. And she wanted to be very involved. She even brought ideas for her character and, and, and storyline um, arcs and stuff like that. And we were very mental to that because she was so serious about the role. And um, from, from, from the first day of dealing with her, she, you know, she was like, are you going to be able to, because, uh, you know, acting in the series too is, you know, wearing all these hats or whatever. She showed up for the first major shoot day and we had like, I don't know, 35 people on set. And um, it was chaotic, which it's always chaos, but we, we, we thrive in chaos. But she pulled me aside at one point. And she was like, Derek, Derek, are you going to be able to be with me in the scene? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Now, mind you, I'm doing seven other things while she's talking to me. And, and I could tell she sensed it. So she said, no, Derek, really, what, what I mean is, are you going to be present here with me? And I was like, listen, I promise you, the second that the, that the director says action, I will be with you and Tom in the scene unequivocally. Nothing else matters. She's like, okay, okay. Okay, you promise? Yeah, I promise. So hour later, you know, we got everything set up. We're getting ready to go. And uh, she saw this chaos of me running around handling all these actors and, and, and et cetera. And Vanessa doing the same thing, of course. And uh, action happens and we do the first take and she just like grabs me and hugs me. And she's like, oh, wow, you, wow, how do you do all this? And I was like, I don't know, but it works. And <laughs> I promise you that as the takes go, it'll just get deeper and deeper. And we just had such a good time. And I think it, it, it took a, we really found people to fit into ours. You know, Tom, Janice, Byling, they were all in Celebrity Rehab. Um, so it just kind of worked. And that's how we shot the series. You know, we, we say it's a celebrity, celebrity Rehab meets Big Brother meets Plastic. We have Rachel Riley, who won one of the seasons of Big Brother. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what it is. It's really just, it's like a train wreck. You can't stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going, going back to Bay Ling real quick, it sounds like with her interaction with you, uh, describing how she was on set, she was actually taking it all in to try and learn for herself. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, she's so she's such a creative artist. She really is. You know, she's always got her hands in something. And she's she's like us. She's a hustler. She's always working. She's always, you know, looking at the next thing to do. You know, she's not sitting on her laurels. I mean, she's been in some huge productions. I mean, you know, again, you look at her IMDb and you're like, wow, she's worked with some amazing um, stars and been in some amazing projects, some of which were even, you know, cut out for whatever reason. You know, big movies. I'm not going to say what, but, um, you know, she's she's been around the way. We all know. (laughs) Yeah. And she's been, you know, and she's just a phenomenal actress, you know. And then you have Janice. 
Now, Janice is not an actress. She'll be the first one to tell you that. I'm not an actress. And, you know, I had, I had the conversation with her ahead of time. Don't worry. You're in good hands. Vanessa and I will take care of you. Tom will take care of you. And I remember when we shot Tom and Janice's major scenes the first day, it was just like, it was crazy, man. It was magic. It was cool to be there and doing it. But because I was so busy handling them and handling uh, the set and whatever, it wasn't until later in editing when I was really able to appreciate the beauty of what was happening as far as like when they, when, when it called cut. We'd call cut and then Tom and Janice would have these personal conversations about their life history and people that they've worked with and spent time with and people that are close to them. And, you know, all this privilege and information that was really cool to hear these cool stories about all these famous rock stars and, and uh, you know, celebrities. And just to see them interact with each other because they have such a long history yeah. and a, a high respect for each other. And Tom really took really good care of Janice on set and worked really well with her and helped her and between Tom and I, we really, we really brought out the best performance of her and we're so excited about it. You know, that. it really, every character is so perfect in this series. It, we couldn't have done it without Janice. She, her and Tom just had such a rapport that it was magic. It, it almost sounds like y'all could do a spinoff series. It's not <laughs> really a spinoff and it's just story time with Tom and Janice. Well, yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't think a lot of people would be crazy about that, but oh, if you watch it, Tom has stories. Tom has lots and lots and lots of stories. And we've talked about that before. Uh, he has great stories. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said, a lot of this stuff, it's all going in the vault, you know, Vanessa and I will never divulge that stuff, you know, it's, but then we had other cool, you know, um, actors on there too, that we worked with early on and, and uh, they've moved on to big things since like Johnny, Johnny, Wack, Johnny Wachter. He's uh he's on general hospital now. He's like a heartthrob on there. Brando something or rather, I don't know. I did a quick search. So I, so I was knowledgeable about, about what he's doing with his career right now and you know he's one of these heartthrobs on general hospital and you know how those soap opera um, women are they you know they're diehards <laughs> yeah and then uh a surprise one like we have Lee, we got lisa wilcox and that's been great because she brought a whole horror fan demographic to uh the show and she's obviously great in it too and again perfect casting yeah i'm not a big nightmare on elm street or, or horror for that matter but i have a little bit of knowledge of it and i guess her character alice lives is like the only character that didn't die, that didn't die in the in the whole series of movies uh alice, so like, it's like mm -hmm. this alice lives thing so we played on that you know we played to her her strengths and uh, another phenomenal actress who came in and was willing to have some fun and, and laugh at herself and, and play with us, you know? That's very cool. Yeah, it's it's the whole the whole thing is really interesting. Like when you're watching, you're like, "Hey!" and and, and it's and it, it's just fun on top of the 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 fun of the actual series. Thank you. How, um, I have so many so many questions brought up, and just the things you said that I don't even remember them all. <laughs> um, how, so how how did you come up with the different um, characters? Was it actually based on actual Barbies or? Uh, yes and no. It, you know, Glamour Barbie, it would be a different name. I tried to make it a little different than what they were, but, you know, she collects shoes. It's, she, you know, all Barbies collect shoes, but that was, you know, her jam. Uh, other Barbies, dog, dog lover Barbie, you know, loves animals. That's actually a real character and a real there's a dog lover Barbie. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because some of the feedback from the, the pre-screening that we allowed people to do with the whole series and whatnot is, is besides the you know, craziness, I can't stop watching. It's like nothing ever. When I wrote my director statement, that's, I mean, I couldn't help but say like, these are the, these are the realities of the series. It's like nothing you've ever watched because we've looked and we've tried to make a mashup of it meets this meets this merged together, whatever. It, it just, it, there's nothing like it. <laughs> you can't stop watching it. And it's just a train wreck from start to finish that, you know, you can't take your eyes off of it. The feedback we, been getting from people that we trusted was you know it's interesting because 
there's a character in there for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a character in there for everybody. And, they rem- and, and, and most of the characters remind you of someone in your personal life. Mind you, it's blown out of proportion a little bit. But, you know, we all know these people in their own right. You know, everybody has addictions. Everybody has, you know, stuff they collect. Everybody has these. Well, well that, what's funny about that is we had a day do Ken Collector One. And we wrote the part for him. You know, he just really fit well. And then we found out that he does collect action figures and, like, sets them on his desk and <laughs> different things. <laughs> So, and we didn't even know that. So it, it, Yeah, I was <laughs> doing a Zoom with out. him, um, doing a read for him. He, he had an audition or I had an audition or something. We helped each other out on a read. And uh, I see this statue, you know, I'm like, what is that? And he turns around, it's the Punisher. And I was, and, you know, it's a, oh, nice. yeah. you know, and it was cool. It was super cool. I mean, I don't collect them, but it's super cool. And I was just, I had to go tell Vanessa after the Zoom. I was like, oh man, we cast him perfectly. Like he, he is a collector. He collects, you know, da, 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 da. You know, we went into this whole thing about all the stuff that he has and what he's put away since he's had kids and what he keeps out for, you know, whatever but uh, and then interestingly you know he was unavailable for for later shooting so we had to recast that role so we we have a friend that's a a, a big big comic in the and then big in the comedy um realm um jay davis we put we we recast the, the ken collector as jay davis and uh he just brought this whole new spin to it we love what day did but then jay just like flipped it on its head and we still loved it so like we argue all the time about what we like more about that character in the different car- reincarnations of it it's so cool Again, with the Barbies, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wrote for the girls. Like Alice, for example, she almost made it into the Olympics. She's a, a very good uh, pole vaulter. Oh, and, oh no kidding. And a stunt woman in real yeah. life. She's like a, a she's, big-time stunt woman. She's the stunt woman for oh, wow. all the lead actresses in the Transformers movies. Oh, and, very cool. Uh, Tori, who's Swan Lake Barbie, she... Uh, and bipolar Barbie. Yes. She was in the Rockettes for, I don't know, maybe a decade, a long time. Uh, so I used what... Uh-huh. You know, they were really good at, and that's the Barbie that they became. Hey, Derek, I, th- I think we have, quote unquote, unofficial PR people who could possibly get us more guests. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we actually, Glamour Barbie, Christy, just flew in today, and uh, Mermaid Barbie is coming in Monday. Hawaiian Tropy Barbie comes tomorrow, so we're doing a lot of... Uh, Pre-promotion for the release on the sixth. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I love. I loved what y'all did uh, with the Star Trek Ken and Barbie because I remember yes. seeing those. <laughs> yep. Um, maybe not in like Target, Walmart, but I, I do remember seeing them mm-hmm. somewhere. Maybe it was FAL Schwartz or something, or, or the bigger toy stores. Uh, but then when you did the the Jedi twist, I'm like, okay, now we're heading. <laughs> I, I was surprised y'all didn't have a couple that was dressed in the Star Wars costumes. I want to say didn't. Season two, buddy. We wanted okay. it to really, be, really spark um, a controversy in the Star Trek, uh, Star Wars world. And actually, we went, we went to Comic-Con uh, kind of the second year we were doing it. And we had the Star Trek box. And no, the Star Wars box. And then we had the girls in Star Trek. And so at Comic-Con, we would have people taking pictures with the girls. And, you know, I thought it would be like they, people <laughs> would be really mad, you know, because it was the two connected. Right. But they laughed it off and everybody loved it. Oh, yeah. I, having been to three Star Wars celebrations, the, the big Star Wars convention, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people in Star Trek costumes show up. <laughs> And as long as they were cool and having fun, the Star Wars fans didn't mind. Right. Uh, the first celebration I went to, there was a guy who showed up first day dressed as Kirk. 
and was just being just being a major hemorrhoid oh. about things. It's like, and, and as he kept going around and going around, it's like, dude, I will keep your mouth shut, or you're gonna, or you're gonna get lunch like you've never been lunched before, and you're gonna wish you were wearing a red shirt, and not the yellow. And and then the next day or two days later, he shows back up again with a whole posse of people dressed. I'm like, okay, you're you're still bringing you're 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 bringing a tweezers to to a battleship fight, <laughs> and then you're gonna you know, lose. It's so interesting. I was telling Vanessa because we're both from the Chicago area. Um, so you know, I, I grew up in a house with with three brothers and my father and you know uncles and stuff. And you know, that, it was a house divided. You know, you're either a Cubs fan or you're a Sox fan. And yeah, I was yeah. always, I was always in the middle. I always I, I liked the Cubs stadium and their uniforms, but I liked the White Sox teams generally. It was it was interesting. So for me, I got the best of both worlds. But I was telling her it's the same thing with this with the Star Trek and 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 Star Wars. My whole life, anybody I've ever interacted with, and you know, when you ask people, they'll they'll get into and I'll tell you what they like and what they don't like. And usually there's a hard line there. Like I, I prefer Star Wars, me personally, but I appreciate Star Trek in its own right. Yes. Uh, I think I just I think I was just exposed to Star Wars young enough that it got a hold of me first. I think mm-hmm. had I been exposed to Star Trek first, it'd probably be a different realm for me. But I appreciate the rivalry between them too, and, and you know the diehard fans. I get it. See, I, I was exposed to Star Trek first. Um, me too. When I when I was younger, I, I was exposed to the original series. Um, I, I'm fi- I'm 51. So, but when Star Wars came out, you know, even though I had been watching Star Trek probably see, 77, I was six going on to seven. So consciously, no, I was watching Star Trek for, for two to three years. Um, still enough to, to have it get a hold. Star Wars just took a bigger hold the moment Vader stepped on screen. Yeah, Dude, we, we, we talk about this yes. and we, we learned this in acting class. One of our acting teachers, Stuart Rogers, is real big on story. And we learned about the hero's journey and all this stuff before we really started getting into writing. And she resisted it at first and I resisted it. But, you know, the reality is Star Wars is probably like it, it's that perfect map of a great story yes. you know what i mean the hero's journey the hero's mm. journey the mentors the whatever like anybody who understands the concept of that it's the perfect story yeah. like they, they just killed it it killed it if you, so i think probably why it grabbed me the way it did if you it's one of those if you don't want to watch star wars read the book that influenced and and that's you know the stuff by joseph campbell which is what yeah. led to the influence of that with with lucas on, on his storytelling right yeah the so, hero's journey man that's, see that's, i crazy i grew up uh watching star trek with my dad that's how like we didn't do sports we bonded over star trek and uh so you know i've been a fan since then and i love science fiction and then when star wars came out and he took me to see star wars that just that just like i still love star trek to this day but star wars just took over my imagination and how can it not you know i've been a fan of it ever since exactly yeah yeah, it's funny. Us being in our forties now, you know, her her teenage son, the one that does the DC Kids, not only is he a fountain of knowledge, knows more about Batman than anybody I've ever met, and all DC stuff. But uh, when we go back in and try and watch some of this, because I've missed Star Wars movies and other stuff in between. We just went through Mandalorian two years ago or something. I really enjoyed that, and then we just did the Book of Boba Fett. Um, but if we ever have a question regarding 
what where things are in the timeline or whatever because it's so easy to get you know lost lost you know, like i remember this one i watched I, it was oh, sure, yeah and I, I text her i was like can you please ask jet about this rebel something I, i'm watching the star wars movie i don't get where it fits i know it's like right before right after the death star or something but i'm lost dude so i had to stop the movie and actually wait for her to respond and, and get jets yeah so i asked jet, of course it's like mom how can you not know like you know just just yeah. tell us that's what it is fine and then it goes through all this and he knows exactly what everything is but yeah it's a lot and then what i ended up taking away was it was just another filler movie that they put in the only thing that was really relevant was the fact that besides you enjoy the story and stuff it's just that you know the, the rebels version of blown up the death star so i was like the whole movie that was the whole thing i, I was like really i was like okay whatever i watched it, it was great <laughs> rogue one rogue one was the yeah, was the video game one, yeah. that we never got yeah yeah and we get it in movie form it was great and we do the same thing with the uh you know the the marvel universe you know i, I think I'm, i think i'm up to black i'm, I'm due to watch black, black panther, panther in the in the original sequence or whatever uh, okay. so time up, you know and i forget those are i get so involved in the movies that i forget the next time what i watch to watch the new one because i'm so in it so yeah that's another one <laughs> jet what order <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I want to say with Marvel, um, they're like Black Widow is out of place timeline. Oh, really? But it would have been yeah. out of place timeline anyway when it came out. I was really impressed with that movie. That was great. It, that one that one totally took me by surprise. That was not what I expected it to be. I love it. I, I watched it. Yeah. That one that one actually is right after uh Captain America Civil oh, War yeah. and and before Avengers Infinity War. I just love the humor in that one. That one yeah. just seemed like it was, you know, they, they really pushed the, the, the envelope on some of the yeah. adult content and stuff. It yeah. was so good. She, yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, and, and I took it as they, they were setting up uh, Elena mm -hmm. to be introduced into um, phase four. Since she, she'll be, which you know, we did see her briefly in, in Hawkeye, in the Hawkeye series. Yep. So That's the sister? Yeah. Yep. Sister. Black Widow's sister, yeah. What is her character name? Like Yolanda. Oh, so she doesn't become like uh, she becomes a black widow because it, it was yeah the uh, was it sisters of the red room all are basically becoming widows black widows gotcha yeah it, but I, I I believe I think at some point she's probably going to actually take over the black widow um, persona from from her sister since her sister's uh, gone yeah Ugh. that's like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that one just blew me away the first time I saw I did not I thought I'm gonna watch this yes, season yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. that thing just like I, mean, I know the music was a huge influence I mean oh my gosh it's just it profound yeah. you know yeah. to bring, bring all that history back personally and then to see that you know the character going through it or whatever but man like they, that one just hit it home run too that was I had the, kind of the same feeling when I watched the Black Widow I was like oh they're okay they're doing something different here this is cool see being, being an audio engineer I always found okay the perfect soundtrack for the longest time was Forrest Gump when it came out oh. yeah I've heard that um <laughs> with the way the music hit with the different timelines and, and it, it fit. Um, and, and when I say soundtrack, I'm not talking original score like what Williams did with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Now, Williams is brilliant. Uh, Danny Elfman, brilliant. Hans Zimmer, brilliant. But to do the soundtrack of music that's already out there or original songs being written for the, for the movie. 
Forrest Gump was was the perfect soundtrack. Then Guardians came around. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say Guardians is the modern day perfect soundtrack for the new millennium since Forrest Gump was still in the 1900s. Yeah, I'd go with that. I agree with that totally. Yeah. So um, it, 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 was, it was brilliantly done. So And they're carrying Guardian, that, and they're carrying that over with was, the rides, too. Are they? Yeah. Nice. Guardians was great for a couple of reasons um, because... Like I, I've, I'm a fan. I've been a fan of the Guardians comic book, but even I knew, like, when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, "Oh, are you sure you want to do that?" Because <laughs> that's kind of out there a bit. But it just shows that Marvel knows what they're doing there because yeah. they made a great movie out of characters that most people would be like, "What? Uh, a talking raccoon? What?" Yeah. Uh, go one deeper, Ant Man. Yeah. And, and both, and both movies, great success. Yeah. But let's get back to the other upcoming great success that's coming and that's Barbie Rehab. Um, was there any genre of Barbie, Barbie Ken that you wanted to do that you didn't touch on in season one that maybe will be season two? I think it, we really, we like to do spoofs, you know, like the Pulp Fiction, the Reservoir Dogs. There's a, there's a pretty woman spoof that we didn't get in there. There's a few things that we didn't get there. Um, so we basically would write for that. As, as far as like the dolls and stuff, it, it would be it would be written for story. So if we know we want to do a spoof on the Matrix, we're going to pick the dolls that will go that. Um, we really we, we we really like to go into the, the pop culture and then put mm-hmm. spins on it, like yeah. create create our create our own dolls, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like something they haven't seen yet or whatever. Which you know we were laughing. I remember when they did the um, the man bun Ken. Oh yeah. Dolls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, we were gonna and, do and that. then like, you know, we, we start watching some of the documentaries and, and uh, there's actually a really good documentary that, that that they did. I can't think of the name of it now, but a couple of years ago with, the, with that company. And, and it was really interesting to watch it and learn, again, coming from a world that doesn't really know anything about that. Wait, would that it be was, the show on Netflix called the Toys That Made Us? Yeah. No, it's another one. It's actually it's more specific. It's more um, that, that's a good one, too. But this one's particularly with that brand. I can't remember the think of the name of the tiny shoulders, something like that. Uh, something. I think it's tiny shoulders. Okay. Oh, it's talking actually, about Mattel itself. Yeah. But man, it's such a good watch. Like, wow. <laughs> I think, I think in that one, they even went into the, like when they tried the, you know, the heavy set, uh, Barbies and all the different body types and stuff. Yeah. That's what they're doing now. Every yeah. body type, every, which is great. You know, when I was obviously young, it was, you had, there was only one version. There really was. And it was, it went on for too long. And so now it's, it, it's really refreshing. I think the American Girl doll they brought in, you know, the, the, all the different possible, uh, not all of them, but pe- races and mixed and whatever that people can be. And I'm glad that um, that Mattel did the same thing. And I didn't think it would be as big of a hit as it is. But little girls, they like, you know, having something the same as them. Right. And they really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I can't imagine being a small kid and, and not seeing myself represented in a in a you know, in a GI Joe or in a, a WW whatever doll or whatever the stuff we play with as kids or whatever. You know, I mean, there's some diversity there, but obviously it's right. it's not as, as wide as it is now, and, and that's nice to see that. You yeah. know, I, I thought I was well represented with the the Chewbacca f- action figure. <laughs> 
with season two, I know y'all are, are still considering season two, still pre pre production, pre planning. Would you veer away from Barbie any and maybe hit stuff like the Disney princesses or the Disney fairies? I don't have a problem doing that. It's, you know, it's, um, it's weaving. I'd rather have it, you know, just more doll oriented and the, and the Disney princesses would be perfect. Uh, you know, Alice, Lisa Wilcox, she had her own doll. So it was, and even Tom had a doll from heat. So we do try to, we don't try to keep it one thing. That's why it could be doll rehab, but the name's just not there. But it could be numerous. Right, yeah. It could be wh- however way we write it. That's right. why we brought in Strawberry Shortcake. And then there's the Monster High yeah. doll in there, too. So trying to really weave all of everything from our childhood in. We were going to do a G.I. Joe. Um, I mean, there could be. There was a lot of stuff that we didn't get to. Yeah. We just, it was really about. We wanted to, but we knew it was about story. And, and mm-hmm. we had to stick with story. And if it played in and we could we could shoot it in time and, uh, you know, it didn't affect story, then we, we used it. And if, if not. You know, the nice thing was that we stuck so well to story that we didn't end up doing a lot of cutting. You know, usually with a project like this, you kill a lot of babies, you know, in the process. You go in, you kill a lot of babies and it's horrible. It's a it's a horrible. You know, I think there's like eight little things that Vanessa didn't get in the series that she's still chapped about. And I'm like, come on, man, (laughs) are you really bothered by that? We we laugh about it. But I was like, if I could have fit it in, you know, I would have. It just didn't make sense in story. So why am I going to I'd rather just stay personal. You know, we'll use it in marketing or we'll do whatever. Or whatever. See, I say season two, bring in G.I. Joe, because we know Barbie likes G.I. Joe better than Ken. It's the, kung, it's the kung fu grip. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, oh. that's kind of the cool thing with this, too. You know, we talked about it in, mid, in mid-season, too. Is like, we could do this for for 20 years. We could do if you know. Yeah. There's unlimited material. It's just about creativity and, and, you know, living in that world. And, you know, it's part reality, part fantasy. But then, you know, it does come back to human human beings and their their tendencies and their their addictions and their behaviors. Our, um, our acting teacher made a reference to what acting really is. And it's and that's what we're doing. It's you're really just by years old six years old playing make-believe we're just that's really all you know acting and stories are is, is make-believe but we're taking it to like what we would actually be make-believing when we were you know eight nine ten and and that's how it's fun you yeah. know, you're not living, living truthfully in imaginary circumstances yeah. doing what you love yeah and you know what you know uh, I, I want to touch on one of the episodes and i gotta ask how much did it get hurt getting hit by paintballs <laughs> <laughs> oh the paintballs that was interesting yeah um, i uh i was on the roof and you know i just had that that stupid chaise lounge behind me and lounge, i don't launch area yeah. yeah and i don't know how my head got hit but it was like just a little thing and my head got hit and it was oh my gosh it was so painful but i just had to like we kept it in you can hear her scream <laughs> oh all right i remember <laughs> it up on the roof she comes up and it, 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 it hits her in the, in the top of the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept that in. Then we had another issue with another actor where we had like a, a, a ceramic plate in, in his shorts to absorb the, he just, he did not want to be hit by a paintball. And I respect that. Absolutely. And uh, broke the plate. For whatever reason, I was far enough away. It shouldn't have done it, but it ended up breaking the plate. It created a little cut on him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my God, you know, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. But his reaction was even more real because he was in pain, you know. I got to <clears> help Derek a few times because he hit me in the head so that was that was glorious but it's funny the way that that actually started 
it. The way that it actually started was on, a, on an early shoot day. We were in, in her backyard and this woodpecker, woodpecker kept showing up on the telephone pole, you know, uh, uh, 75 feet up, not even a house, house distance from us. He's just coming up da, 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 da. and, you know, they're loud as hell, you know, and we're already dealing oh, with yeah. planes and animals and cars and everything else. And she's like, we can't shoot with that woodpecker there. And I was like, no, we cannot. We're going to have to get rid of them. She's like, what do you, so I walk away, I come back and she just had this cheesy one pump, put one in one pump, um, paintball gun that she would use for this gallery right. thing she would do at her party. She throws crazy parties. We'll get into that in a minute. But anyway, it didn't go very far, whatever. But anyway, I put it in and everybody's standing around waiting to shoot. And I'm like, boom. And literally about six inches below him, hit the telephone pole and he flies off. And everybody's like, cop can can shoot. I was like, yes, cop can can shoot. I'm like, why am I going to shoot a bird? That's just stupid. You know what I mean? But the funny thing is, five years right, later, yeah. the woodpecker still comes back to that pole. Wow. Hot every year. We just heard him again. It's like an omen. <laughs> it's funny. We didn't see him for a long time. And then we delivered all this stuff to the distributor. Here I go. Yeah. And I walk out the back, back door the one day and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, Lee, the woodpecker's back. She's like, get out of here. I'm like, it has to be the same one. It's the, it's the same, same spot. It's the same whatever. So I don't know if there's something territorial that they do or I don't know. It's interesting. Probably. We have one in our neighborhood that comes back every year. So it's probably some kind of territorial thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the paintballs, the paintballs were a whole nother realm of safety and stuff, but it, it worked out great. It really did. So we'll change it real quick. What about these crazy parties? What about what? The crazy parties. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> but before Derek, um, I moved back to LA and I didn't know a whole bunch of people. So I started throwing parties to kind of, you know, make friends and get people together and I'd make little postcards and hand them out. And so I've done a bunch of theme parties. Like um, there was a masquerade party for my 40th. There was a, a circus party, a superhero party. And for one of them, I, we live in the, um, a neighborhood that Mr. Ed used to be filmed in back in, back in the okay. day. Yeah. So I had, we used to have two horses here. So we have a, uh, three stalls and so one of them we no longer have horses so one of them we turn i turned in for the party into a paintball shooting thing so i put up cardboard and, and pinatas or whatever so that people could shoot the plastic the plastic uh, flamingos yeah. and like all kinds of stuff to shoot at you know so that was a hit so we kept got going for a few parties but that's just a small example like you walk in and it's just like what just threw up in here like it's just crazy <laughs> she decorates and all the I don't I walked over to, like first time I came to a party I sit down I make a drink I sit down and there's a bowl full of condoms <laughs> and a bunch of I was like, what the? true that was in a pinata oh it wasn't a pinata <laughs> it's been about a few years but... and, and then of course the first time I came to a party we didn't know each other that well and she was like drunk as a skunk and <laughs> I always get nervous Right when the parties happen, because I think nobody's going to show up because a couple of people are like, oh, I can't be there. And then I'm like, oh, my God, nobody's going to come. So I hide in my room and have some tequila and then people show up. And since we've got to know each other, we've talked about I grew up bartending. I grew up uh, around alcohol as a young you know, a teenager. And, and I've seen the phases of people drinking. So I learned to control it. And I'm Irish. So I learned to control it very early in my life. But I told her when we started, you know, working together, whatever, it was like we go out to social events or, you know, uh, Hollywood stuff. And I was like, you get two. That's it. You get two. So milk them however you want or suck them all, you know, down right away, whatever. But you get two and that's it. Like, 
I don't do well with drunks. And, and, and it took a while to get her used to that or whatever, because I, I say Vanessa has like five gears, man. And she goes through all five when she drinks, you know, <laughs> I mean, we have people in, we were having a small get together right after a big um, shoot day we had. And my hairstylist from Chicago was in town, who's a very close personal friend. And, uh, and my brother was in town. My older brother was in town. And we're all hanging out. It's very uh, private and quaint. And Vanessa's like two drinks in. And, and I, I, I lean over to my brother and, and my hairstylist, Jen. And I was like, watch, the gears are about to change. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, watch. So I'm standing mm-hmm. there, my hairstylist and my brother. And Vanessa comes over and she slaps me on the back. Like, she's, like she's trying to like get cattle to move. And she's like, ah! <laughs> And I was like, all right, she's in third gear. Right? <laughs> I put in my breath about, about a half a drink later. I'm like, we're moving into fourth gear. It's getting out of control. Then she gets into fifth gear, and I'm like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> she's a hoot, man. She's a good time. So, was so, are, you. so are you, Cop Ken. Yeah, well. So were all these parties <laughs> the inspiration for, for the room that had the sign, Stay Out? No, that was more of a kid thing. Like, you know, when you're brothers or sisters, but it's funny, that was already up. I had, that was my bedroom and that stay out was up before we even shot there. It was like to my kids to stay out. (laughs) 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 The prop that keeps on propping. (laughs) Right. There you go. How many of the episodes did you guys end up watching? Uh, I didn't get all the way through. Uh, I got up to five or six. Okay. Cool. So you cool. know where you know the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna love you're gonna love episode seven. You're gonna love episode yeah. seven. You know, it was interesting. We were going through this. We went back and forth. We almost cut it into eight episodes instead of seven. But but we had a hard. I had a hard. Uh, I told her. I said it's got to start. It's got to start strong. It's got to end strong. Every, every episode. It's got to be great in the beginning. Great in the end. And wherever story ends, that's where we're going. I don't care if it's twenty two minutes. I don't care if it's forty seven minutes. I don't care if it's an hour. So you know, one through six, as you'll you know you'll notice, is like twenty two to thirty something minutes, depending on what story dictated. You know, strength in the beginning, strength in the end. And then we went into cutting seven and eight theoretically, and I couldn't cut it. I was like, I can't do it. It moves too well. Everything flows. I don't want to stop the momentum. It ends up being an hour long. I, I, you, Which is, it's perfect, especially it's the finale. Yeah. So it worked. But it still moves so fast, you don't realize it's an hour. The people that I've asked, like, hey, did you feel like the, you know, the episode seven was too long? They're like, no, why? I was like, because it was an hour. And they're like, really? I'm like, it was an hour, man. They're like, no, it was. I was like, okay, good. I feel better. <laughs> Actually, looking through on IMDb, y'all's episode list, I got to episode four. Okay. I, I don't, I was just starting five. We've been struggling with IMDb for a long time trying to get, um, it actually shows eight episodes or nine yeah. episodes or something. It shows no, eight. I, I can't does, yeah. it down. I've sent, I don't know how many requests in, I finally given up. So people can just think there's another episode out there. <laughs> well, I've heard it's hard to get IMDb to change their things. So yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very difficult. Because they think, you know, once it's out there, it's happened, but sometimes it hasn't. And it's like, that was what was going to be. But yeah, they won't take it down. Mm. Even if, um, like Tom had mentioned on um, an interview the other day, oh my gosh, Tom, you have so many projects coming up. He's like, yeah, but 60% of those aren't going to be made. They didn't happen, but people will attach his name to a project and then it'll show all these, these things that he's, you know, supposedly in that you didn't used to be able to do 
like in, um, you know, the, the 90s and in that era, you had to kind of had to prove that you were in that episode. And if it had to have, you had to pr- prove the project was real. You yeah. know, it was with a real company and there was a website on the project and whatnot. But now IMDb, you know, if there's a, a YouTube channel or a Facebook page, they'll allow it to go on as a as a title. So it, it's, it helps and hurts. It helps uh, new filmmakers because they can get some credits, but it kind of hurts the authenticity. Well, it's just funny, especially like things like with yours, where they have it as listed as eight episodes. And it's like somebody will look at that and go, oh, you guys have eight episodes. And you're like, no, we have seven. Well, IMDb says you have it. Well, we have, we know what we have. (laughs) Yeah, we have seven. Well, it's funny because I I don't know how many tickets I put in. I was like, there's only seven episodes. First, you know, because it said eight. You know, we, I was like, we combined seven and eight to just seven. I said, you know, you have to take down eight. And so instead of just removing eight, they changed it to episode nine. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> eight and goes to nine. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and then you got you to talk to, you know, your distributor and tell them, you know, it's not my fault. This is what's happening. We're mm-hmm. trying to rectify the situation. But they all know they have problems with IMDb, too. So. It's just crazy because, you know, they, they, they really cornered the market. I mean, mm-hmm. IMDb is like the only thing competing with IMDb is IMDb Pro, which is just IMDb mm-hmm. that people are paying more for and have more access right. to or whatever, you know. And it's like, I don't know if they're understaffed yeah. or what the situation is, but I mean, they should definitely be better. But I mean, if a lot of it changed after Amazon bought IMDb. Yeah. Yes. And no, I mean, I, you still couldn't get anybody on the phone. I mean, since I've known it, it's always just been, you know, just look in the forums to get your question asked or, you know, change, submit a ticket. It's, You've never been able to get anything. It's just frustrating because, you know, it's a business expense. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part of doing business. Right, like, yeah, as, right. an actor, as an actor, as a director, as a filmmaker, whatever, you know, in, in order to be in the know and, and be able to, you know, uh, put your stuff up, whatever, you know, you have to invest in this thing. And I don't know, it's like a hundred and... Let's say it's 150 a year, but I think you can't can... have your picture up unless you have the pro membership. So, right. I mean, it's, it's just this huge revenue that they have that it would be nice to get somebody on... There's so many other things too. Like nothing drives me nuts more than when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at something and, and I go to scroll and look at the project and then, or somebody will post on their Facebook page about their low IMDB score, you know, and it's like people are just paying companies mm-hmm. to clickbait their mm-hmm. pages. Yeah. To bring their right, yeah. You see somebody yeah. who's done almost no nothing. relevant work mm-hmm. and they're sitting in, you know, in the, in the famous people's 20,000 rank. And I'm like, listen, I hit 21,000 <laughs> once in my whole acting career, which isn't that long. And when I did, I was like, whoa, what happened there? I must have had a lot of people looking at my projects for some reason. And it immediately jumped back up to like 180,000 or something in a reasonable realm. You but know? yeah, people are paying to get their number lower. So, you know, I click on it and sometimes, you know, it gets frustrating. It'll be this, you know, a girl that has two student film credits and a shorts credit. Again, it's like 24,000, but then I'm at like, you know, 80. It's just doesn't make sense but and what it does too is if you're in a big project and you want you should be like just like a call sheet let's say you're the eighth most important person in the film if somebody rigs the system you could be on the second page of credits because it's all based on your imdb score so the extra that had that is uncredited as you know footman number one can, can be right under you know sylvester stallone but you know bruce willis yeah, yeah. you know 25 down it's it's i used to get upset about it but then know, I, I look at it now and i was like listen if we were casting we would review people's IMDb pages and, and look at their reels and stuff. And you know right away if somebody's pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, that person's yeah. paying for 
30 bucks a month, 30 bucks a week to try and boost it up to make casting. But even in casting knows, big casting directors, they're not stupid. These people have been doing this for a long time. They know by your body of work, how long you've been doing this, you know, what productions you've been in, uh, you know, how professional you are and where you are in your career. They're not yeah. stupid, you know? Yeah, I, I don't remember yeah. who it was because um, we've, we've interviewed so many people on different independent projects. Someone said they went to casting for a slightly bigger project and on on the on their audition application uh they were asked on your resume where is your imdb score i'm like really we did run into that has that gotten to that point now well the yeah remember the distributor was wanted to do the cast based on imdb score and we're like no that's you know you can't do it yeah i mean there's 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 definitely some different mentality some people don't know well, it's, here's an example, right? Which she and I are constantly, you know, putting in for casting and being submitted by our agents and managers and whatnot. And nothing drives me nuts more than when I, I get an audition and then they ask me for my follower count. Yeah. Now I understand. Oh yeah. I understand that there's probably a place for that somewhere. You know what I mean? There's yeah. probably a place for that somewhere, but not all casting, not all commercials, not all films. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're in the business long enough, you realize no matter how many followers they have, someone's either going to support the project or they're yeah. not. Now that's what we found. You know? right. It really, it's, it's hard to find your people. You know, we, we were, we turned it in on the four year mark last year, but you know, this, we did it for so long. We had to do, um, there was so much shooting and editing and, reshooting you know that after about the year three people are like you tried <laughs> like even my mom was like you know Vanessa you really tried but maybe you should get a job in retail <laughs> like, people don't understand but you know then we'd have these conversations and I was like look you know I'm, I'm still fairly new to the to this business you know it's only been uh you know six seven years or whatever but I told her everybody you know because I learn things quick I want to learn I want to learn everything I can take anything I can criticism from you know people that are you know been in it longer than me do a better job than me whether it's DP or directors or you know actors or whatever casting everybody you know I always always want to learn from anybody I, I work with or interact with right. and I've told you everything that I've been told since day one of being an actor is a feature film is a five-year baby it's a five-year baby from from concept to uh, airing and I thought no way mm-hmm. no way and then we started to get into it really yeah it is and then we looked at the length of our project and this series is equivalent of almost two and a half feature films so we're way ahead of the <laughs> five-year baby mark like we killed it you know what I mean yeah. when you look at when you look at it especially considering it's a mom and pop you know indie production small crew etc cetera, etc cetera, you know I don't have people I can delegate 24 hours a day to handle this and, and the other she doesn't etc and most of the actors they have no idea that it takes you know this long to do a project of this magnitude it's not many people know it takes five years. I mean, you really have to be. Until you do it, you producer. don't know. Yeah, you have you no know. idea. And even then, you know, right. unless I think the smaller the project, the more you realize, you know, we talk about this all the time. And, you know, God love all the actors and actresses that we have involved. We're very appreciative to all of them, but they will never understand all the ins and outs and all very the sacrifices. Few yeah. Very few will understand it. Um, you know, it's like our, our distributor, you know, Global Digital Releasing. You know, they're, they're not a huge distribution company, but they're, you know, they're on the map. They've been hustling. They've been working. 
working very hard. They have a you know a big catalog of uh, material, and and uh, we really weren't their cup of tea, I guess to say. Yeah, there's their first series. There's a first and a series taking out a series is a huge venture too. I mean, you know, you deliver a film, everything in deliverables is done once. You deliver a series, you know, each episode is you know a whole other set of deliverables. Mm-hmm. So each time we 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 went through stuff and went through quality control, and I was told from get go like you're not going to pass quality control on the first time. It's not going to happen. Big, big production people, guys I know, uh, other directors, my, my, my production partner over in Sweden, he's like, there's no way you're going to get through quality control the first time. And we did all seven episodes. So yeah, that was a big win. Huge. We were nervous, but huge. Derek just spent thousands of hours editing and teaching himself how to edit and sound engineer. And we just, there was no other option. We had to, you know, he had to learn. We couldn't afford to give it to anybody else. And I think if we would have given it to anybody else, it wouldn't be the same. You know, it always stayed our vision and you know his vision as a director right. and don't get me wrong we tried to bring people in along the way <laughs> we tried and people either wanted to you know make it their own yeah. instead of the story the you know the project or they put us behind right. i'm not going to get into it but we had a couple situations where we got hurt really bad by people that were in this business a lot longer than i am but then i'd work with them i was like wait a second what are you doing like you just cost me three days of work i gotta go back and recoup everything you just oh my god we did have one we great, had some hiccups. But we had one great editor help us. One of the editors yeah. of Bridesmaids, um, Brian Olds. And that was, um, it was really great to have uh-huh. him uh, help us cut stuff. But it was also great to have him um, as such a cheerleader for the project. Such a great guy, man. He came in and, yeah. you know, he has this particular skill set. And we had to get to know each other and work together. And he was so open with, okay, let me do this or whatever. And it was funny. He, you know, he's he, he's cut a lot of stuff for Judd Apatow, you know, which, I mean, Judd Apatow is huge. I mean, the guy's... You know, he's a genius. Right. And uh, he brought his own. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he brought his own stuff in and we'd have small conversations in downtime about stuff. And uh, he came in and really helped with some of the broad stroke stuff, especially in the in, in the end of the series, because we were starting to burn out. And like there was just so much footage that we had kind of like stalled. We, we had really just had a huge it. crash with some drives yeah. and we were switching over to, um, you know, new uh, editing software. And there's, you know, all these things come up that you're not aware of it. And you learn these things on the fly. And, and, then, and when there's something that happens like there's not that many people that can fix the problem no i mean i don't know how many people i called and you go online and you ask people you know not just crashes but you know premieres running slow you know i'm getting all kinds of different answers you get people on the phone and finally we found you know somebody that we could share the screen with that he was able to to do stuff but that it took a long time. Yeah. It's, it's, you start to see why people give up. You, see, mm-hmm. you start to see why people don't finish and why people think, oh, good job. You know, <laughs> you're never going to finish it or whatever. I mean, even, even my own brother at one point when I sent him the, you know, the information about it, it, it going on Tubi and whatnot, he was like, oh, I was wondering if it was going to get done. And I was like, F you, buddy. Like, you know me. You know, you, you, if anybody in the world knows, you know I'm going to finish this mother effort. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's a lot. Like we've... Uh, <laughs> really great piece about how it does take so long and after people kind of if they make it to delivery um, and get a distributor make it to delivery that they're kind of just so done that they don't even do the promoting or the advertising or whatever you really have to keep motivation they just want to move on to the next project because they're done but it's you're not done then you know you're you have another you know this is the year we've had from delivery until now, we've been working constantly, you know, thinking about promotions, making swag, keeping everybody in communication. So 
it's it, it's been nonstop. We, yeah, we've I mean, worked on a little, you know, other projects, but this was always the main one. I mean, it, yeah, like the distributor will reach out and say, "Hey, we got we got an issue. We need you to address. Stop everything we're doing. Jump back in. Bring up the project. Fix, 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 fix for 10, 12 hours straight. Whatever, because you want to get it to them as fast as possible, so they can move it back down the line, mm-hmm. line, so you don't push your release date back, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know. So again, I, I can't say enough about uh, GDR. They've been to take on the task of this project. It has not been easy for them, and they work very hard. And, yeah. you know, they know how, much, how hard we've worked on the project and it's our baby and we've worked on it for so long. And we're very intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're very intense and uh, you know, we're passionate about it. But again, anytime anything comes up, you know, stop what we're doing, stay with the distributor. Let's get, get Barbie back on task and let's move forward, you know. And now okay. it's coming out next week, obviously, on the 6th. And we have a good five, six months of just hard mm-hmm. hustling and promoting even on our own, you know, outside what the distributor does, outside what the uh, uh, what the distributor's uh, production uh, PR company does, et cetera. It's like, you got to, you got to fight for your project, you know? Right. Well, on the plus side though, like you said earlier, you learn some new skills out of it and everything. So in addition to getting out the project that you wanted, you know, you, you got some other good out of it as well. That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes back to what Vanessa was saying too. Like, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with delegating and I, I'd, I'd be grateful to delegate, but again, it comes down to finding your people. You know, it, it's, it's hard to find people that are right. really dedicated and, and want to be part of something, collaborate and make the sacrifices, you know, right. especially when they're not getting paid the big bucks, you know, but I laugh about right. this. You know, I, I have a couple of people that are, that are pretty well, pretty successful in what they do in their own jobs. And, and, you know, they're on big productions and they're making, you know, movie money and whatnot. And I'll have conversation, personal conversations with them, uh, including my, my partner over in, in Sweden. We talk about this all the time, you know? Yeah. The goal is to like me, I'd love to be on a, a series regular on, you know, uh, on NBC or uh, on a, you know, on a Netflix series or whatever. Absolutely. Like unequivocally, whether I'm acting, directing, et cetera, same with Vanessa. But, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to the whole process and your art and your your baby, I believe from what I've been told from other people in this situation, the further you go up in that food chain, the higher the production value, the more money involved, you know, the more big it is or whatever, the less enjoyment you get out of it. Now you're just in a role. You have to do this. You have to do this. You know what I mean? We we got we right. got we got to learn and do everything. You know what I mean? Right. And that's that started as actors. You know, I talked about this all the time. I remember the first time I was on a set as an actor. Uh, you know, the, the gaffers were doing this and whatever, and I don't know what the hell's going on. I have no idea, right? But I'm but I'm from the Midwest, and you help out. So like some sandbags got dropped, and and I, and I was like, hey, can I? You know, I reach over to grab and say, no, do that. I was like, what do you mean, don't do that? I'm trying to help. He's like, you can't help. I was like, what do you mean, I can't help? Yeah, you're not allowed. I was like, okay, well, if you need anything, I'm you know I'm just standing here. I know my lines. I'm good to go. You know what I mean? So instead, you know, on productions like that where they wouldn't let the actors help out, which I understand there's legality issues or whatever, I would just observe. Okay, why is that guy doing what he's doing? Why is he putting that there? Okay, you know, I'm picking all this stuff up. Right. And then, right. you know, and then that's been used in my own stuff. Like she'll say stuff to me all the time. Like, how do you know how to do this thing? How do you know that camera angle, this, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I don't know. And, you know, looking back, it's paying attention and learning from other people that, you know, have been doing it for a long time and, and, and learning and honing and, and then making your own mistakes, you know? A lot of YouTube videos too. Oh yeah. You can always go to YouTube, <laughs> you know, thank God. Yeah. I'll forget yeah, everything's the, there now, man. I'll forget the, how to put a title card in if I don't do it for a couple of months. It's something so simple. And I'm like, I can sit here for 10 minutes and fight with the system. <laughs> or just open, open it real quick and be reminded what damn tab I got to click on to start this process, you know? Right. Yeah. Derek, uh, 
started his own podcast because of being with me and then with Wookie Radio. No, Wookie Radio came after, didn't it? Mm, after I don't Keepers. Even remember now. I think um, so, yeah. But, I mean, there there were a few times, you know, he would go, Mike, can you help me with this? I'm like, yeah. And then there'd be other times, like, hey, I got a question for you. And then a minute or two later on on text, I get, never mind, found a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but but he knows any questions he ever has, he could, you know, shoot me a text. And as soon as I get back to him, um, you know, I'll talk him through whatever he needs. Thank God for YouTube, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like we were just talking, too, about, you know, the big thing with Netflix recently, you know, them losing so many subscribers and, you know, uh, I've said for a while, there's a couple of platforms that everybody pays for every month that are just garbage anymore. I mean, they have been for a couple of years. I'm not going to say them. I don't want to badmouth any, any platform or whatever, but you know, that's, <laughs> why, that's why we're so excited about Tubi, you know, because you know, yeah, you got to sit through an ad here and there or whatever, which isn't that bad. Get up, go to the restroom, go get something to drink, it's like you know, when we were kids, pet so. the dog, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But you know, it came to a point where I was watching some of these platforms and I'm just sitting there scrolling, 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 scrolling. And it's all shit. I'm like, and then you see something that might be interesting. You open it up, you start watching it. This is shit. Yeah. This is horrible. Let's <laughs> get on here. You know, how did, how, how, how did, how did they even talk them into putting this on their platform? Like this is crazy town. Yeah. Well, I think we've become very spoiled though, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has to be great or. Eh. <laughs> see, uh, yeah, I, I am like that with some, some other platforms, even, even one tied to where I work. And. <laughs> Um, it's any more with the streaming platforms. If it's something, if I'm not out specifically looking for something that I heard was out and available, it's hard for, you know, I really don't want to go through a search. It's, well, here's here's an example, right? Unless, unless something just happens to to catch my eye, which I've had some of those good surprises. Do you remember when Squid Game first came out? Yes, right. I still okay. haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? I haven't had time. You know what? It's I'm, not my jam. I get it, but you know, I can really appreciate it. And the irony, I think, is that it did five I times, see it, but... probably five times better than it would have done because it wasn't competing with anything. No, there was nothing else out there to compete with. Not that it's not great and whatever, but I'm not a big fan of dubbed over and i and i i pushed through because i was like there's something here i want to see this it was so new and interesting and i'm not going to ruin it for you obviously Derek. <clears throat> but my point is like i really well, I know most that, of it but you know that it took off because there was nothing to compete with right there was nothing worth well, watching the thing, there, you know? they, they, with all the streaming and all the cable channels there's so much out there now that you just i don't have time oh yeah to sit through something that i'm not sure if i'm enjoying it or not you know yeah, for so me, it's gotta be. It's for, it's for, gotta be good. For for me, it's one of those. Go ahead. Um, if I'm not searching for the specific thing that I know is out there, unless it's come across as word of mouth mm-hmm. with my friends, which Squid Game I came into about a week, week and a half late because it was just word of mouth and I just didn't get to it. Um, and you're right, it, it was hard to get through the beginning. Episode one was rough for me. Yeah, I went to re- episode two. Episode two flowed a little quicker, but at the end of episode two I'm like, oh, okay, where's this going to go next? And that's where I got hooked. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had- think that's, that's a rule. That's a rule that Vanessa and I have is we'll always give something a series like one, two episodes, give it a chance. You know, hey, you know, I mean, if you go look back, right, yeah. I was just rewatching some Breaking Bad because, you know, the, 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 the new season of Better Call yeah. Saul is going out, right? So I was yes. going back, I'll probably go back and watch El Camino too because I'm sure there's little Easter eggs in there too. But if you go back and watch that Breaking Bad first season, it ain't as great as you think it is. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's yeah. the pilot, man. You watch the pilot and you're like, what? How did I ever watch this? It, it's almost like, well, you know, so, so I always give that like, okay, especially, and those are big, you know, those are big production companies. That isn't like, you know, Iron Ore or Diva Arts putting this thing up <laughs> on their own. This is a huge, you know, with huge actors, whatever. So, you know, if you can give any series, I say, you know, if it's a 10 episode series or whatever, give them, give them two episodes. You know what I mean? Right. Give it a chance. Give the story, right. you know, let, let, you know, you need to get invested in the characters one. And anyway, some of the feedback we've gotten some, from some of the reviews is that there's too many characters, or whatever, but you know, I disagree. I think that there's something for everybody. You know what I mean? There's something for everybody in the series to enjoy. There's characters in our series that I don't really, really, it really doesn't do anything for me, but I can appreciate that they have their own unique spot in the story and their own, you know, quirks and whatnot. And they still make me laugh, you know, as long as they, they have a pocket to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Even, even if that pocket is for a minute or two, mm-hmm. the character is important and the, yep. the character is justifiable. Yep. Whether they are justifiable for rehab or not. <laughs> Sorry. I think there's rehab for everybody. I think everybody has something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> everybody has issues. <laughs> We know it's funny. We, you know, we went to uh, KCAL nine, you know, one of the biggest news stations here in Los Angeles with Janice for, for a big interview the other day. And they were so great over there. So, so uh, the people, the host, everybody was so cool. Um, but you know, it's like, people always ask us, you know, they're like, Oh, what, what was it like on set? You know, like, it looks like it's so much fun. And I'm like, yeah, it's organized chaos. And we always had a blast. Mm-hmm. We always did. Like, no matter what people left here, like, Oh, that was, that was, yeah, was awesome. Fun. We did yeah. this, you know, whether it was a 12 hour day, you know, 14 hour day whatever it was like wow man that was awesome like you, the energy was good and, and and you know and I guess it, it really isn't like that on other sets I've done a just so much background work uh in my life just whatever I read my whole thing was it's better to do background work and learn on set and whatnot than to be you know a lot of people's side hustle is a, is a waiter and whatnot and there was this wise tale oh you don't want to do background work you don't want to be labeled a background actor and it's it's really such bs because you learn if you're not at least if you're not sitting in your chair, you're learning, but every set there's, it's not fun. It's, you know, with background, you're, you're a moving chair. You just sit over here, but nobody's talking when things are being filmed. Nobody's talking in between breaks. It's very, you know, boom, 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 boom. You know, the only time people really talk is at lunch and they're so tired that it's pretty much scarfing down food and going back. So I think a lot of people that, that are on a lot of sets like that, our set was fun and completely different because we, it wasn't like that. We, I mean, we had to tell people to shut up a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, going back to what I had said earlier, the bigger you get, you know, the less, you know, the, the less joy and, and, and uh, you know, passion that seems to be happening every day or whatever. And, and I don't ever want to lose that. I mean, obviously, you, you want to continue your career and do bigger and better things or whatever. But I think that we'll always have indie projects in our yeah. pocket so that we can continue to not only foster these relationships with other artists, but to actually enjoy the process mm-hmm. of it while it's happening, you know? Yeah. I mean, I felt bad. I was always the, you know, I was always the um, serious one in the, we got to get this and whatever, because it was my job to make sure things, you know, move that way or whatever. So I always told Vanessa, like, I'm the bad guy. People are going to be mad at me if anybody's mad at anybody <laughs> because, you know, I'm pushing this or whatever. But generally, I did feel bad sometimes because I would have somebody on set that I really enjoyed being around artistically, um, personally, whatever. And I couldn't spend much time doing that socialization because, you know, I got eight shots I got to set up for and three actors that I got to get ready for the next thing or whatever. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I constantly find myself apologizing and some of the closest people to me, fellow actors would be like, dude, don't apologize, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. This is cool. You're teaching me a lot, even though I'm waiting to be shot in an hour or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm picking up what you're laying down and what you guys are doing over here. And it's, you know, really cool. Favorite moment from the series? Wow. Winning the fight with <laughs> Captain. Oh, please. 
<laughs> you, ain't, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? <laughs> I didn't cheat. <laughs> I won the fight. You said Uncle Matal. Uh, I won the fight. You're just still upset about it. She had to win, let's be honest. No, no, no. We went back and forth about how, you know, in story, and she had to win. But um, so, so now you know how the WWE or the pro wrestling bookers are. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> real I, you know I, I think for me personally i think one of the one of the top five coolest moments was probably with tom and Bailene. we have a scene in the backyard on the couches that was probably the cool just because we had so much going on and to be able to direct it and act in it um and be, like i said before be present in it and, and and take it all in um that was probably one of the favorites for me but pretty much anything vanessa and i did together you know we have this brother sister relationship where you know we we want to we want to choke each other or whatever, so it played really well on camera too. Well, I think one thing was really awesome. The Todd character is one of my favorites. Oh yeah. And when he uh, there's an instance where he's in love with Haggard Ken, where he sniffs the weight bench oh, that yeah. Haggard Ken yeah, was yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I watch that, it's so funny. And we weren't. I wasn't there when that was shot, so it was such um. Oh my god, it was like the best thing. And then there's another one we torture Tom in the garage after we kidnapped him that was fun <laughs> yeah yeah she was yelling at me like, she's like be careful he she's like the, you're gonna hurt him i'm like the head trimmer i'm not gonna hurt him but i'm like, like it doesn't have to be on <laughs> yes it does yes it does <laughs> yes it does, <laughs> yes, it does. You're, you're not um, gonna not gonna hurt him he went he went through through d-day right <laughs> he'll be fine yeah, no, and then there was some other, there was some other cool, like, little, little moments that happened, you know, like some of the Reservoir Dog stuff was, uh... Yeah, he loves the singing part. No, I do not, I do not. <laughs> that was a whole nother element of, like, okay, how am I going to balance all these things and then do this, and, um... It was humbling. It was a very humbling experience. You know, that was cool though. That yeah. was fun. There's a lot of good stuff. I like working with my friends. I think that's the best part for me. It's, it's I created so many friendships with um, the girls from Hawaiian Tropic. It was nice. It was nice to have something to bring us all together again. And I, I still love it. So now, and we still keep in contact and just always good friends. And I, I like that feeling. As a director, I think some of the coolest stuff was working with the, 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 the prior Hawaiian Tropic models like um, Glamour, Victoria's Secret Barbie, um, and, and Mermaid, Karen. Karen. Um, not actors. Yeah, not actors prior to this. They, they didn't have any acting skills. So it was on me to put them in a position where they'd be comfortable and then be able to deliver what it is that we, we knew what we needed and we wanted. It, you know, in a sense, we always got extra flavors of this and we tried different things when we had time. But uh, it was super cool to work with, especially Christy, the one that plays Glamour Barbie in the start and then uh, transforms later. She just like... She's a cool person to begin with, like super chill. Um, but she was one of the few people that we would let hang out with us post shoot day. Like at the end of a long shoot day, Vanessa, first thing we would do is like kind of clean up the media area, then get everybody out of our space. And we'd go actually where the diary rooms were shot, the garage at the time. And we would make a drink and sit and talk about what went well that day and what did not. What we could, you know, work better on with the actors, with, you know, props, with camera, whatever, um, sound, whatever it is. And occasionally we let Christy, when she was in town for shooting, uh, sit in there with us. And she's just super chill. She'd, yeah. she'd be sitting there having a drink and listening. She's like, yeah, you guys did great with that. <laughs> like, she has no idea what's really going on. But like, <laughs> She does not aspire to be an actor. Her, no, nor Karen. They yeah. just, they're just good people. And they're actually the people that support us the most. Like, yeah. you know, they're coming in two weeks of their life and just helping us do this. For promotion. And stuff, yeah. but she'd be super cool. We'd be sitting there and 
we'd be talking about, Hey, so tomorrow we're going to shoot for you with this. And she's like, well, what are you thinking? And I was like, well, let's talk about it. You know? And then we talk about it. She's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, yeah, let's try that. And then we would do it. And I won't, in the beginning, I would give her line readings like, Hey, I want you to do this. And then she got comfortable real quick. And she was like, how about this, Derek? And she, you know, action, boom. And I was like, <laughs> all right, moving on to the next thing. Like, you know, like, like you would with like a professional actor like Tom, where, you know, you know, he knows what you expect from him, but he's going to bring his own taste or whatever. And then you shoot it and you're no, like, whoa, that's great. There was no, she didn't worry about what she was no. going to look like. I no. think that's a lot of actors. They want to make themselves look good. Like, but they didn't, they were just helping. She was generally care. coming in and playing like mm-hmm. any good actor does. Make Come me. in, play in the circumstances that you've been given. Use the, use the strings that the director's pulling on and, and be willing to go to, you know, to this, this this spot or to this spot or whatever it was really cool yeah i would say the the only complaint air quotes i would give mermaid bar barbie performance was a little dry at the end who mermaids mermaid barbie oh and she dried out no bad joke i got it bad joke Oh my god, <laughs> that hurt. That really, that hurt. Actually, I, I think I think that joke died. No, you know it's interesting. Early, early in the episode when uh, the episode before when Hagrid, Ken, and I are having a conversation on the on the porch um, about saltpeter and whatever. Poor Karen, who plays Mermaid, and then later Glinda. Um, she's in the background, sitting up on the jacuzzi with this fishtail thing, you know, which is not easy to put on or whatever. And she's like propped up on. We forgot she was there. <laughs> Because we were doing these things or whatever, right? And I remember during during uh, you know looking at the takes, at the end of the day, where I was like, "Oh, poor Karen, we left her sitting on the jacuzzi. She didn't care. She was sunning herself, <laughs> like she was on Maui or whatever, and she was like dead quiet. She didn't you know ruin any takes or whatever. It was yeah, that's funny, bro. That is funny. Uh, Derek, you got any other questions? Um, yeah, there was uh one thing I wanted to ask you about, and uh, actually, it's a perfect segue from talking about the mermaid. Is uh, I wanted to i wanted to ask you guys a little bit about the costuming and how that all came about because there were some great costumes for each of the different remember, what I, said about the remember what I said about the parties yeah it's um yeah, that, yeah. that's the thing i love i love doing the sets and doing the costuming and once i had i knew who was who you know todd is a a character and you know metal so it was i found a, a picture of you know of what i wanted him to be and you know i just found it and you know with polynesian barbie there was actually stuff we had to cut she was regular polynesian party uh barbie and then she uh turned into all her whole outfit was knit i had somebody knit the whole outfit because it was a different storyline uh-huh. which took a long time. It, it was very busy. Um, but it was just kind of easy. Like I knew clothing collector, he would be up for wearing the original swimsuit, the black and white swimsuit. Uh, Christy is glamour Barbie. I knew the exact dress to put her in with Midge. It, I was really lucky. I don't know how I, I found the dress on Amazon and then, uh, me and my mom found some tool and we just hot glued the stuff. <laughs> the hot glue was used a lot. I don't know if we could have done it without the hot <laughs> but some people made their own uh alice playing olympic barbie i was like alice you dad you gotta help me out doing this and she had tried out for the olympics so she came like that that was her vision and i knew she'd oh, wow. nail it yeah glamour barbie uh you know we had like a custom doll made for biling we had a custom doll made for her from you know a, a guy who makes dolls and uh we say hey, this is what we want here's a picture here's her tattoos whatever like this is what we want and, and he made the doll it was amazing yeah. and she loved it um oh, like awesome. christy glamour you know when she turns into uh victoria secret later she showed up on set one day and she brought uh and 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 changed changed this 
doll box into Victoria's Secret, like all by hand with like crafts and stuff. And she did. She made her own. Costume. And it's in it's in one of the diary rooms. You know, uh-huh. she made her own costume. And then, you know, we work with this, that and the other. whatever. But back to what I was saying about the parties and whatnot, like, you know, we both had our jobs when it came to doing things or whatever. But it was inevitably it was always her telling me, Derek, you're trying to do too much. You're trying to learn too much. You can't do everything. Da, da, da. And me telling her enough with the hot glue, enough with the Velcro, enough with the pink. Enough with the glitter. <laughs> and I would go home. Right. And I was with someone. I was with with someone at the time and I was covered in glitter and I was like glitter only exists in two places like one of them is strip club that's not what I frequent so let's get off the glitter man that yeah. you know, was crazy once I had an idea though I just had to do it like I made all the boxes myself and it was hard originally like a lot of hot glue and velcro I actually have a neighbor that he's a graphic artist he actually played a sheriff in the last episode but so he did a you know I would tell him all right I need a box, Barbie box front that's this this and this and so he would make the fronts for me but I'd be out you know my driveway trying to get these boxes to stay together and they it, it they used to be in my house and my poor kids, like you couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere in the house because you had all these party boxes. And my son's 16. So a third of his life has been consumed in this, has been consumed of, he didn't want people to come over to our house because mom's crazy. But when the, when the wine shopping models and the sexy girls were there, it was no problem. <laughs> mom, you can have these guys over whenever you want, you know? No, it's funny. Like we're sitting in our I never studio, would have guessed. <laughs> right. We're sitting in our editing studio now. So like we have the Mac here that we're watching and then we have, you know, a big 43 inch um, editing screen here and a 32 here and then another setup over here. But uh, and then a green room just outside of here. But in the next stall over in this barn is just storage of costumes and Barbie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Everything from the show. She will not throw anything out. That's, I threw some stuff in some boxes just didn't make it. <laughs> only, yeah. Over, yeah, only over the time. solid wood ones. Yeah, over time. Sure. sure. <laughs> well, you never know if you, you know, I was like, if we do a season two, we'll just keep the stuff. Otherwise we'll set it all on fire. And I would say we probably have like two dozen costumes that we haven't even used. Yeah. Like oh. stuff that we didn't even get to because we ran out of time. Like the matrix. The, yeah. Pretty woman. What's the, with the women with the red capes. Oh, um, Handmaid's Tale. Yep, I have that. We have stuff like that. Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, lots of them. More Pulp Fiction stuff, the stuff that we want to get to that we, we, we didn't get to because of shoot schedule and we had to make, you know, some choices. We, we wanted to get more with Tom and Janice versus, you know, get another parody in or whatever. Um, yeah, but the Wizard of, speaking about how or can we do other dolls and stuff, yeah, that was one of the things, breaking out yeah. too. We're going to do um, a thing with the Wizard of Oz, all the characters as dolls. Okay. It was, you know, again, branching yeah. out. To and, and, uh, if I remember right, that was one of the big Barbie uh, waves that came out at one point. Yeah, yep, yep. So. And there's some other there's some other things, too, that kind of get hinted at, but only the people who really pay attention to the Easter eggs are going to catch on to w- what could be happening in season two. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give that away. I like, I, I like that. I like when people have to do a little work and, you know, they're perceptive and catch on to it, you know. But there's some other things in, in the next season and, and further down the road. They'd be like, what? Oh, shoot. I should have seen that. OK, got it. So that'd be fun for the viewers, you know. So I want to flip the table. So uh, what uh, I'm all I'm sorry. hearing is uh, season two is ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. We do things pretty quick. We could start probably and within a few weeks if we needed to. We just write well together. We, we, mm-hmm. we talk together and then I stay up really late writing and then I send it to him and he makes notes and we go back and forth until it, it's all blended. 
No, it's interesting. You know, she, and obviously we hear this all the time, you know, you got to enjoy the journey. You got to enjoy well, that's the journey. What I tell you. And right. she tells me all the time, like, Derek, this is the time we should, and I'm like, <laughs> she's told me the last couple of weeks, like, this is the time we should enjoy it. And I was like, how, how do you want me to enjoy it, Vanessa? Like we're promoting, we're doing this. I'm making these things for the actors to put on their social media pages. We're doing this for, you know, for, for Twitter, for Instagram, for TikTok, for whatever, like the race isn't over yet, you know? But you have to enjoy the race. I take pride in what we've done. And, I, and I'm very, very proud of us for what we've accomplished, especially, you know, being the size that we are and whatnot. But I don't think the true enjoy it part will come until it's been out for a little while. And then we're moving on to the next phase or, you know, you know, then it'll be back. The journey is fun. The, the journey, the, the, the deliverables and, and the after where we are right now is harder for me. Uh, the creation part is much more fun. Well, creation, keeping on the creation path, I want to flip the tables and let y'all ask us a question or two. Okay. Very cool. Who is uh, the favorite person you've interviewed in a podcast? That's a loaded question. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what do you like to talk about? There was, there was these two people from this uh, indie series called, uh, uh, I think it was Barbie Rehab. <laughs> Rehab. They were really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done 400 of these, right? Uh, this is episode... For oh, so I'm going into my safe. Part. This will be four thirty. So over four hundred. Yeah. Did you think when you started it that you would go this long? I had no clue um, because Derek came in a uh, few years into it. Um, I had some other co-hosts prior to, and each time I was. But when I lost my original co-host, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, I really enjoyed doing it. I want to keep it going. But I uh, got lucky, found a replacement. Then he kind of flaked on me, found a, another replacement. Um, he was going through some personal life issues, um, which were totally understood what was happening with him. Um, brought in or added another co-host. Then... <clears throat> the one started having some issues. So we uh, did like an audition episode, which brought Derek, one other person. And now it's just the two of us. Yay. So at one point we were up to four people. Oh, wow. And now yeah. back down to two. And I mean, we've been, we've been doing solid. No, it's, you know, it's so crazy, man. You know, I have this buddy. He's actually, he actually plays Jack Nicholson on that uh, Lakers series. Now that winning, um, winning time. Oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 I always forget the title of it because it's so long, but it's that Lakers series on HBO, I believe. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's on my wish list. Yeah. yeah. I met this guy on one of my first acting gigs. Right. I remember I did the self tape in my, in my underground garage with my girlfriend at the time at like three o'clock in the morning because I had to be at work in like two and a half hours whatever she helped me and she wasn't she'd never done a help somebody to do a self-tape and she had to do things off screen or whatever and uh submitted this thing and I booked this role and that project never got made it, it just it was it was a nightmare it was bad but the good thing was and the sad part is it was like five six actors that, that composed this 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 project and they were all amazing and everybody got along and everybody was super talented, but the guy running it was just a nightmare. So during this process, me and this guy, Max E. Williams, who's the guy who plays Jack Nicholson on that series, we're talking, mostly it's me talking him off the ledge because he's like losing his mind. Like, what am I, I'm going to, you know, well, this guy's driving me nuts, whatever. And and I had my own issues too. And but I was so new to it. I didn't know any different. Like, is this how, you know, and it scared me a little bit. So we kind of talked each other through and we got to be friends and we stayed personal friends for a few years now, this project will never get made and it's whatever it is, what it is. 
But um, ever since I met him, I thought, man, you know, someday somebody's going to cast this guy as Jack Nicholson. Somebody's going to cast this guy as a, <laughs> as a young Nicholson because he just, from the first time I met him, he had that vibe and, and, and looked enough like him. I was like, man, this is perfect. So I hadn't spoke to him for like a year during COVID and stuff. I always, it's always, Susan me reached out, hey man, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, we met for coffee actually at, at Bob's Big Boy, which is a huge restaurant here mm-hmm. in uh, Burbank. And uh, we met for coffee mm-hmm. at a Starbucks adjacent to it. And uh, we were catching up on all these things or whatever. He's, and, you know, after I told him about life and what had happened with me at the time and how Barbie was going or whatever, he starts telling me very humbly about this experience on the show. And uh, I was like, man, it's about time. You know, it's about somebody, about time somebody cast you in that or whatever, you know. It was just, so anyway, we talk about the universe, right? And how it, it, he wasn't ready for it prior to that or whatever the case was. And, you know, we talk about that too. Like I had a partner um, prior to Vanessa that we had started this huge film in um, overseas and uh, it was great. It was going well, whatever. And then pers- life happened to him yeah. and everything got stalled. And I felt bad because as a production partner on it, um, I'm always about take care of your actors. You know what I mean? They've sacrificed their time, whether you're paying them a little, a lot, whatever. They're, they have time invested, you know, and then it, you deserve to finish a project for them because they're part of it and you know they've they've dedicated their time to it and she and i talked about that all the time like you know we owe it to every actor that that gave their time and energy and art or artism to this project to to finish it so when my brother you know for example made the i was wondering if it was going to finish yeah i was going to finish for me and for every other person including vanessa involved in this thing you know but back to what i was saying the long-winded version is the universe puts you in places that you need to be for whatever reasons you know what i mean like you and derek you know you guys came up came into each other's lives and, and worked together at that time because that was you know part of your universal needs and 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 you know your artistic uh, position in life at that time i really believe that you know i never would have thought when vanessa and i first spoke or met or whatever that she and i would you know go down this journey together and i wouldn't trade it for a world uh, regardless of the fights it, you know with well yeah there's been a lot of fights and <clears throat> i'm gonna set the drives on fire but because <laughs> but as, as far as the universe like we would shoot on on father's day weekend and you know we both lost our dads and but it just kind of we would shoot on father's day weekend every year and, and the people that we would shoot with also had lost their dads and it wasn't oh, wow. like we planned it it was it's totally just like just the universe was. put us all in the same in yeah. the same set that day and someone would bring it up at some point nobody wanted to talk about it but yeah you know you're working whatever somebody would be like man you know uh, uh, whatever it's almost like a therapy session for father on father's you have day a moment. Yeah, yeah. you have a moment like I understand you. I, you know, I too know what that journey is and I've, I've experienced that loss and I know it's different than yours and whatever, but I appreciate you. And, and at least yeah. I have some, you know, that, that I value to spend today with. And we're, we're, you know? we're releasing on May 6th, which is my dad's birthday. He died when I was 16. So again, it's just of all the dates possible. And the finale comes out right around father's day. It's just, you know, it's wow. the universe, you know, it's just crazy. Wow. That's cool. Any other questions? Uh, any kids? I have one. You might have seen her earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. old? Uh, she's 12. I was going to say 13, yeah. She'll be 13. She COVID? Uh, she hated being homeschooled for the end of that school year. <laughs> um, has gone back to, went back to school when they offered uh, face-to-face. We were either, we were getting the, that fall, we were given the options, uh, face-to-face, um, homeschool, or in her virtual school. Um, she could do the, she could stay home and, and be with her class, but you know, do everything through the computer. Yeah. Um, she goes, I don't care if I got to wear five masks, I'm going back to school. 
people. So. <laughs> I got a question, right? Just based on what you were able to get through or whatever. And, and this obviously, you know, you don't need to shine either one of us on. We're both, we love the series and we have our own favorites. And who's your favorite character so far? <laughs> I think I'm right now with as far as I'm in uh, being four episodes, I'm really digging Haggard Kent. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. He's going from the almost like, well, the the haggard, the the, the drunk, homeless kin to all of a sudden he's becoming more popular than cop kin, and cop kin's getting a little jealous about that. Um, but yeah, during, but during oh, the, but during the yeah. fight, he, he I almost want to say he becomes Pansy Ken. Yeah, no, you know Charlie Farrell, the guy that plays um, Haggard Ken, he's just he's such a hoot, man. He came in and we had some really cool scenes together, Vanessa, and and, and he had some cool scenes together. And and uh, again, he, I wrote it for him, yeah. and he was in our acting class. Yeah, he's great. He really brought it to life. He did such a great job with that. How about you, Derek? You got a favorite? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say, um, in all honesty, I'd have to say Midge was my favorite. Favorite. <laughs> I win. <laughs> hey man, I'm, o- I'm okay with that. No, I'm okay with that. Like I, you know, I still, I still go, I still go back and forth with who my favorites are. But you know, I just there's so much depth to some of the characters that yeah. you just can't help but like really fall in love with them. Like it's just crazy town. And Midge is one of them. I mean, like when we, yeah. you know, when we were doing the writing and stuff, you know, she had her take on what she thought needed to happen, and I had my take, and then. I was like, listen, for story, you we need conflict. We need this. Yeah, we need that. That was a big thing. And and at first she was like looking at me like whatever. And then she saw she saw the bigger picture eventually. And then again, like the fight scene, you know, it, it, she had to win no matter what. She I had to win. One because I won. But besides that, you know, when, when we started working together and whatnot, it's our relationship is like Sam and Diane in cheers. And so <laughs> we wrote together, that's that's the direction we always tried to stay in. Yeah, I, I think for me at the, at the time why Haggard Ken what is what caught my attention is with you know the time that I was watching the, the series. It would be okay, watching for 20, 30 minutes, getting ready for the next show. And then I gotta take a break because I gotta run a show. Come back, watch more, take a break. And it was it was just because of the craziness of my day. It, it, it was his quirkiness that just caught my attention that particular yeah. run. Now I could sit down and start all over, watch again and it'll be a completely different person. I, mean, I, can't, I can't wait for you to get through the last couple episodes. Yeah. I think it's going to blow your mind. I'm not going to ruin anything, but remember, we shot a portion of this during COVID. Really? Yeah. And then we did post-production during COVID. So everything from reshoots to ADR to, you know, you name it, we had to be crafty, you know, because we want to take care of our actors and ourselves and, you know, make sure no one, you know, is exposed or, you know, put in a situation or whatever. So there's going to be some things later on in the series that, that you know, we, we, we got very creative, let's just say. We always make gold out of nothing anyway. That's part of being an indie production, I think, is you really got to learn how to stretch things and make things happen that you can't necessarily, you know, allocate a certain amount of money to or only a certain, certain amount of money to or but there gets to a point where you start to see things and you're like, oh, that's clever what you did there. <laughs> and we, we were worried about it at first, but then I was like, no, this is gold, man. Like, this is great. You're going to you're know exactly what I'm talking about when you get to it. You're going to be like, this is awesome, man. <laughs> so so without without spoiling anything, because I don't know I don't know if you've seen the, this part yet, Mike, but uh, the how can I put this? 
The parts with the talking Barbie dolls. No, I have not gotten that far. Um, was that always planned or was that something a result of COVID or COVID? It was COVID and a couple other things and creative choice. And, and, uh, in a way, like after I, you know, we edited the whole series and whatnot, I was like, man, we should have done more of that. Like yeah. we had so yeah. much. Fun with it. We well, had one so much was supposed it. to be, you know, we had sets made and stuff. It was supposed to be for the real actors, but we had to not do that. And- like the usual suspects. Right? Did you see yeah. that one yet? That episode. Yeah. Uh, no, that's been the last. Yeah. So when yeah. you, when you yeah. see the usual suspects, yeah. you'll go back to this conversation. You'll yeah. be like, wow, that was either genius or whatever. And uh, it just works so great. It and it was so sure. fun doing it. Mm. You know, so we'd have the actors yeah. tape their mouths on their phone or whatever, and they'd send it to us. And we'd, you know. We'll terribly, come into the studio in a mask. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'd mask up and we would whatever. And then, you know, working with green screen and things that we never really uh, dealt with before. So that was super cool. And she's got a, a, a pilot that we're working on now called Mrs. Ed. You're working with the horse, you know, talking, and it's a whole nother realm of, you know, working in that world again. So, and, you know, we don't come from a background of animation and, and green screening and all that. So it's been a process for us, but it's been a cool thing to learn and um, dive into, you know. You always, you always pull the trick that they did back on the original show. See, that would be that animal now. What, peanut butter? <laughs> no, no, they used to use wires. Yeah. No, I, I heard they did peanut butter. Oh. They did that too, but they also, you know, think back, they got away with a lot of things yeah. back then. But wires was one that they did too. Like, oh man, See, I can't imagine today. You know, I didn't yeah, know about the wires. I knew, I knew that they they loaded loaded his right around his gums up with, with peanut butter, and that's why you know you saw a yeah. lot of the movement. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to work on that. I just heard a, a podcast today with uh, Bobcat Goldthwait on, mm-hmm. and he w- he was talking about the movie Hot to Trot, and he said they used to smack the horse in the mouth with a stick wow. to make him talk. Can you believe that? That's just nuts, mm-hmm. isn't it? I know, right? That's, that's crazy. Yeah, when we were shooting, actually, we had the horse here in one of the uh, stable, mm-hmm. whatever area we, and the horse, something scared it, something on the ground or something, and it bucked up and hit its head on the door frame, and we all stopped and were like <laughs> almost in tears because this poor horse, you know what I mean? Like he didn't even hurt yeah, himself yeah. that much. It was right, like, yeah. stop everything. Is he okay? Oh my goodness. I can't imagine hitting him with a stick. Yeah, no, we, we love animals so much, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. That's insane. So Yeah, that was a cool thing. We got to bring some of the animals from her barnyard into this too, a goat. And, uh, yeah. and some other things. That was kind of cool. Six-year-old six boy. Sixteen-year-old <laughs> boy. Yes, he's in it. Yeah. My daughter. <laughs> no, she's sorry. No. She is in it. Yeah. She is. We we see her just for a moment in the yeah. cotton candy yeah. dress yeah. during the fashion show. But yeah, then she she wanted out. You know, it's so <laughs> funny, right? I read the better part today working on promotion is other stuff. I was talking to an electrician buddy of mine back in Chicago about trying to figure out how to get this cotton candy machine uh, to run off of a converter and a and a car battery so that we can do this out in the street on you know hollywood boulevard and hand out cotton candy to people and promotion stuff you know what i mean with the girls dressed up and and uh i'm like man this is you know this is just not normal behavior like we gotta we gotta <laughs> figure out how to make this work you know i can't just go into some of the business and be like hey can i plug into your thing for an hour i'll yeah. pay you 20 bucks no i gotta figure out how to get a car battery or multiple car batteries to have on site to go do this. To, and I've you know. researched greatly and there are no cotton candy machines that run on batteries alone. Wow. And I tried to work. get a janitor, generator and they, you can get one, but they won't ship to California because of the laws. So it's, 
we really look into things. We try to make them happen. <laughs> Got to get that cotton candy machine. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the universe just says no. Right. <laughs> so check out Vanessa and Derek on Tubi May 6th for yep. Arby Rehab. Uh, episode one drops on May 6th. Check it out. Um, y'all are going to have a blast with it. I, Derek and I have, uh, Vanessa and Derek have enjoyed their own show. Um, <laughs> so, so check it out. Where can they find you guys on social media? Um, Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. It's just our names. Yeah. Okay. You'll find us. Even through IMDb, you can contact yeah. us through IMDb, Facebook. Um, there's a Barbie. We have fake Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok page. Um, yeah. No, one of our catchphrases from the beginning has been get addicted. And uh, that's what we hope, you know, people will get addicted to it. And some people are going to love it. Some people are going to be like, what is this or whatever? But, yeah. you know, we're, we're totally open to it, you know. We got it done. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. It was a yeah, great. it was great having you guys. Thank you. So, and I know this time I was not asking want to know more. <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.